0: It is not as if they sacrificed food to idols. They brought it and gave it somebody, and they ate. That's not what Jesus was saying. Why do I know that? Because the Bible says that, Paul was saying that, look, any food you get, eat without what? Asking questions. He said, idols mean what? Nothing. So what was he saying? When he talked about eating food sacrificed with idols, it's not just about food. Now, I've said this to you here before. Then when we're talking about communion. People sometimes will tell you that, um, uh, maybe like, um, okay, let me give an example now. I said, what you are eating is not as important as the company in which you are eating. Let me, sorry, let me see what I'm going say. You say, I don't drink beer. I only drink malt. Then the evening you hang out at one of these uh, bush joints. The guy on your right, he has two babes, a slim one and a fat one. They know on him from both sides. And he has two odekus. You know what they call odekus? Yes, the big one, in front of him and he's drinking away. And on your left is one thief, Amroba. This latest kidnapped victim has not been released. And you're all in a circle and you're there eating. And you say, Mio, I only drink malt and I eat barbecued meat. And you're there eating. The Bible says you are seated in the seat of the Are you getting my point here? You are, look, look, the company. If you drink water at that time, Satan will pass through that water into your soul. So it's not the argument of is it beer or is he not beer? If I take a bottle of beer, I'm not a beer person, are you? but please, and I'm not, well, if, what I want to say, do it, it doesn't matter. And I sit in my bedroom at night, and me and my wife are sharing the bottle and laughing at each other. We will go to hell. Because the company, then we say, I would, I would sip on one star say, Paul was saying right here. <laughs> the Lord is good. Are you guys know what I'm saying? Now, that is what I'm explaining. Of course, there's a balance, but let me say something. So, when so the Bible talking about food sacrifice to idols, these people were now getting, they were now doing like what? Solomon. Following people to the worship of idols, claiming that our spirit is pure. Now, my teaching this evening is to let you know that the teaching of Jezebel, I don't believe the Bible, the Lord Jesus explained it. So many teachings today will qualify for the teaching of Jezebel. I'll just give you two examples. But what, okay, so what's the teaching? The Lord said, in effect, just watch the end of it. Like I said, those doctors, when it came out, my spirit is pure, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, who first learned about being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus from people like Kenneth Hagin, from the mouth of the life of E.W. Kenyon, who, whether falsely or truly, they were never accused of sexual immorality. They married their wives. Those men who taught us, their lives were examples. So even if you were querying their doctrines, you just watch their manner of life, and you're like, ah, these people. You look at a doctrine again, say maybe there's something, maybe I'm the one misunderstanding but then when people now took some of those doctrines, they started pushing it down some angles. And the result of it was that what? You go to churches that one lady wrote me once and said, please, the church I go to, I enjoyed the, the, enjoy this thing one day. Said, but these people, are they Christians? said They are the most immoral set of people that I know. What led to it? The teaching. See, David Poston said, creed shapes conduct that when the conduct lifestyle is wrong check the teaching the teaching is wrong that people's conduct all right is shaped by their creed if you see a christian that behaves anyhow he's sexually immoral he's dishonest let's use the words of paul he's not sanctified in any way he said this is the will of god concerning your sanctification all right two things you've checked. One, either he's not a believer, or, because a lot of people go to church, they don't really believe, or he has a serious problem with wrong doctrine. So a man like Paul said, look, when you see behavior is wrong, check the doctrine. And I'm explaining to you today, what was Jesus teaching us here? The woman, Jezebel, didn't come out and say, guys, go and commit sexual immorality. No. And, you know, there's a book I wrote, halfway, abandoned it, and that's what I was teaching the book, It's not yet out. The manuscript is there, messed up here and there, but one day I'll be able to finish it. I titled the book Worship and Sex Control. I I used that expression instead of self-control. That was just a twist of words. That's the title of the book. And what i wanted to show inside the book is that if you find sexual immorality, the people are not worshipping God with a true heart. That's the way it is. And what was Jezebel teaching them? Whatever she was doing, like I give an example, I personally have a problem these days with the fixation of the church on what they call results. I seriously have a problem with it. I seriously have a problem with it. I was doing the book of Acts, something led to it, and I realized that Paul sat in one place. In one place. In one place. And everybody around heard the gospel. In the space of two years. And he didn't go anywhere. He just sat in Ephesus. And was teaching morning and evening. And he was teaching morning and evening. And the Bible said. While he was doing that. So mightily grew the word. And it was, it prevailed. The word by itself prevailed. I noticed something. The when I was reading it. He said God also granted. Special miracles to be done by the hands of Paul. Now, one of the commentary I read said something which struck me. In fact, even before I read the commentary, something struck me there. That he said that apparently he wasn't doing it before. Those special miracles, all right, were strange to even Paul himself. As he was just persistently teaching the word. Then maybe somebody would just say, please, can I have your handkerchief? Somebody sick at home. I know because many of the people that manifested great power, check it. The first time Jesus said, great is thy faith," it was not his idea. Second time he said, great is thy faith," it was not his idea. Each time he did some of those great works, they were not his idea. He was the one that said, let's make clay with spittle. That was his idea. Put hand over the ice, be open. That was his idea. My servant is at home. Let me come and heal him. Let's go. On the way, the man said, no, sir, you don't have to go. Speak the word only. My servant will be made whole. Which nation are you from? I'm a Roman. You're not a Jew? No, sir. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. These boys don't believe like this. I have not found faith like this. No, not in Israel. Another foreigner, Syrophoenician woman. My daughter is at home. Jesus refused. Go. The woman wouldn't go. Peter said, please, sir, if you want to answer this woman, please explain to her so that she can go. Then Jesus now called and said, Yusef, like we say in Enugu, Yusef, check her. Yusef, gay Is it right to give the children's bread to dogs? The woman said, No, sir. I'm not asking for the children's bread. I'm asking for the crumbs that fall when the children eat. And Jesus said, What? Where are you from? I'm not from here, sir. I'm a Syrophoenical woman. Eh, my people don't believe, believe. They don't believe like this. He said, daughter, great is your faith. What am I going to say? If you see both situations, it wasn't him. That's why I drew some of these suspicions. I suspect with Paul also, something like that happened. Pray for this person, I can't go. I'm busy teaching. I mean, we are here a lot of times. Somebody comes out, pray, pray with me. You pray with people. And let me tell you something, as a Christian, I just want to... Drop this one for you. Please regularly pray with people. Somebody sick, they call you. Don't go there and say, "eh." Have they called the doctor? That's not Christian. I don't know what I get the point. It's not Christian. There are neighbors that can recommend doctor. You offer to pray. Just start it. You will see miracles. You will be surprised. Those are the first person I prayed for died. The person was supposed to die. That's why he died. Your prayer cannot reverse that that's not re- that's not reversible. But there are some people that at, they will have died, but God wants to show them mercy. Be there at such times and call for the mercy. You'll be amazed. Chris, look, that's how you preach the gospel. Not uh, just go around and be making us all the time. Offer people, you know, solutions. A man and his wife is quarreling. They say, who said what? To whom? On what occasion? They are not believers. Offer them something in Christ. That is something I'm dropping. Christians should learn to offer people prayer. Offer them the power of God. Just just by the way. Back to Paul. I believe that possibly what happened. That's Acts chapter 19. Paul is there. He's ministering. Please pray with us. sir. He prays. Then they come back with testimonies that even he would look like, that really happened. Sometimes because he's teaching where they are going is far. Somebody will just say, please, sir, just bless this oil. And that person said, I didn't bring oil, oil, If I say this, it will make you laugh. Somebody will actually steal his handkerchief. Say, Lord, please don't be angry. We will return it. They will go, lay it on the sick, and come back and say, sir, please we borrow your handkerchief. By the time they broke the roof to come and talk to Jesus, you know it was illegal. If somebody else's roof was not their own. But they felt that at the end of the day, you will know why we broke your roof. Now, I'm going to say something here. So many of those acts were done. Paul himself was not the one initiating them. That's what I'm going to emphasize. He was just committed to one thing. What was that? Teaching the word. He was just committed to that one thing. Teaching that word. Once I told people, I said, listen, God did not call you to succeed in life. He called you to faithfulness. Success is what? A gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. A friend of mine, a a preacher too, we saw a few days ago. He has ministry. I began to give him testimonies. Then he's a pastor also. Began to give me testimonies. He now says some things. Now I just I gave him testimony of, um, you know, some of the things that God did. Because I said that okay, we're trying to. I I just give an example. Just telling him stories. I was telling my brother all these testimonies of how ministry has increased. This year, the number of stations we broadcast on has literally doubled, with little effort <laughs> on our part. <laughs> are you getting my point? You've seen our adverts. Now we're going to uh, Oka. You, you, some of you may have seen the flyers. Okay? We didn't. Pay, we, I don't know who paid for the hall. Now I came to say, okay, some people have paid They said we should come and preach. I said, All right, no problem. Pack everything into motor car, we drive there, preach the word, and come back. Now you see where I'm going. I was giving all these testimonies to my brother. He now said, he said, thank you, don't worry. He said, That's how it is. He said, God will test your faithfulness. He said, if you remain faithful in what you're supposed to be doing, the time comes when God begins to bring increase by himself. And he began to tell me some other things. I'm not going to tell you because they're kind of prophetic. They haven't happened. Then he gave me his own testimony. He said, come to church. He said, no effort. He said, we see miracles like this. No gimmicks, no manipulation. We just settle down on just one thing. Take the word. I was studying Paul and I realized that's what Paul did. Sometimes he didn't even plan to pray; just go there to look for Timothy. <laughs> the opportunity, you know, will come up. Now, I'm going to explain something here. I find out that when we put our focus on results, you know what happens? We start having doctrines that cause us to eat sacrifices. That's the point. Doctrines that cause us to eat sacrifices offered to idols. What have I not heard in preaching? Christians should come together and sponsor a gubernatorial candidate so that they can collect all of these contracts. That, yes, those things didn't start with... Look, you won't tell... Let me tell you something. Oh, I pray God, help me to finish that, to release that book, Worship and Sex Control. You will find that when people start doing iniquity, it was not when it began. It began with wrong doctrines, wrong focus. And that is why my teaching these days is lift up Jesus. Just lift him up. Lift up what he's doing. Lift him up in any way you can. Talk about him left, right, and center. Jesus was speaking. He said, you said the, scripture, the scriptures, thinking that in them you will have life. Thinking in them you have business success. Thinking in them you have marriage success. Thinking in them you have family success. Thinking in them you have career success. That's what we do. He said, but no, that's not the purpose of the scriptures. The purpose is the testimony of Jesus. Every other thing is a gift. Was well, when I was sitting in Lundo on Wednesday, last week. I explained to people, I said, listen, guys, you open this Bible, there is nothing that is not there. I showed them the laws of physics inside. <laughs> I think I don't know what I shared with you. I said, look, the the, the, the physicists talk about the basic substance of life. If you see it comes back to light. I said, Is there not in your Bible like that? When the Bible when God wanted to create things, what did they say? Let there be what? Light. This is talking about dark matter. I said, I read in the Bible long ago. We interpret darkness as what? The absence of light. But God never did that. That's why I told you how come there is what? He said, how can there be a situation between light and darkness? There are two things. There are two separate things. One is not the absence of the other. There is a positive force called darkness. Tangible. There's one called light. And that was when God said, light be. The Bible said he now came and separated the light from the darkness. Both of them were there side by side. So one day, physicists discover what they call dark matter. I say, ah, it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Principle of accounting, beginning to end. I can show you the ones that I know, the scriptures. Now this is the doctrine of Jezebel, I believe. We'll now take the scriptures and start dissecting out physics. And we'll find though. we we'll look. There are enough. You look through this Bible. You will find principles to win electoral office. You, that one is even easy. You can learn that one from um, Absalom. <laughs> you not seen Absalom? Absalom was a guru in that. You want to know how to scheme and win political office? Go to the school of Absalom. Asana will let you know cutting your hair must be a national event. Yes? Just be in the news. You no know one Asana used to cut everybody knew. You are a prince. Come down. Take the hands of the lowly and kiss their hands. And tell them what you will do if you were the king. There's nothing, there's no scheme you want to do, men have not done before you. <laughs> it's look at these scriptures. Oh, deep. Deep things are there. Deep things of Satan. They're all over the place. What is Satan? Satan is anything that takes your eyes away from Christ. And that is the problem. Let me tell you something. Once gospel starts making sense, it's no longer the gospel. The gospel is foolish. They are supposed to say there is a there's an economic crisis. Christian, what do you have to say? You say, "For God so loved the world." That's what we are talking about. <laughs> then, then you know you are preaching. Then you know you, know, you, know you are preaching. Then you know you are preaching. Say, so talk common sense, Joe. No. Then you know you are preaching. When you, look, what is the, 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 the true gospel of Jesus? The, the God, true gospel of God. We just elevate Jesus. So, we open the book of Psalms. not like I just, I've just showed there a few things now. But when I read the book of Genesis chapter one verse one. I'm not supposed to be looking for dark matter in there. I start looking for, let there be light. Light. In him was light. Oh, that's what he was talking about. Let there be Christ. When God said, let there be light, he was saying, before my problems can be solved in life, darkness may be be all over my life, but let there be what? Christ. So the first solution, the foundation of the solution of God in my life is the presence of Christ. That's Genesis chapter 1.0. We have not left you. We We're already seeing Christ. And then he said, He came and separated light from what? Darkness. Say, Lord, any darkness in me, in the name of Jesus, be separate. I separate my light from my darkness. And I confess the darkness my own way to get out of my life. What am I doing through the scriptures? Just trying to magnify Christ in my life. This is my understanding. The woman Jezebel didn't start with. Guys let's go and commit sexual immorality. She didn't start with that. She didn't start with, guys, let's eat things sacrificed to idols. Many of the offerings we collect in churches today, like I was telling you, it's not the idol. You know what I mean? It's not the food. Many of the ch- so offerings we collect, you know what they are? Food sacrificed to what? Idols. We know, we know where the money comes from. We close our eyes like we don't know. To know. We, you know, a lot of Criminals, you know, they like you know, spiritual security. So that's why they give God his portion. Yeah, they, they have to give God his portion because you see, he might punish them harshly. So what they do is come to church and give God his portion. And listen, it's not their fault. We told them that God accepts it. And they began with doctrines that are wrong. The wealth of the wicked. Misinterpreted. I don't know whether I follow my point. What was Jesus saying there? This is what I'm convinced of. He was saying to us, listen, the doctrines, are they true or false? You're not sure? Watch what he produces. Like I was saying, when we first heard about the righteousness of God, what the men taught us, when he says that we are not sinners, they, were not, they did not say to us that therefore we cannot sin. No, they were saying that sin is beneath us. That if we are not sinners, what are we doing? You know? Walking in sin, what they taught us that we have the ability to resist. That He says, "Sin shall not have dominion over you." The men now took the gospel and carried it to another extreme. Are they true? Are they false? Grace. They, this is talking about hyper grace, hyper grace. I've not really heard the hyper grace people. I don't know, but are they true? Are they false? Just watch. If the hyper grace pastor suddenly becomes an adulterer, adult, 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 he has listened to Jezebel. I don't know whether you're getting my point. He has listened to Jezebel. If the hyper-grace pastor now says, he doesn't, I've heard people, long, one even wrongly accused some big men of God. Wrongly. Say said, no, that man, it was cocaine pushers that built his church. But they gave and gave until they gave into salvation. I was looking at the man like this. Is that, is that supposed to be a joke? The man he was talking about, I know him, is not telling the truth. He's a man who somebody came and gave in their church an offering of five million naira. So they, they came and said, Pastor, this man said he's paying a tithe of five million. He said, Call him for me. He said, If you're giving us five million, it means you have 50 million. That one said, Yes, sir. He said, Where did you get it? That one, like, I gave offering, I have to not do accounting. Yes. The pastor stood there. Yeah, no, I want to see where you got the money from. The guy went and brought. The job he did, the certification, and the check with it, they paid him. And how come he was able to come out of it with a $50 million profit? And he just felt that this is his church. He wants to honor the Lord, and he brought a portion of it. When the pastor was satisfied, they said, good. Take the check from him. You can go and lodge it now. The same man, they drove those days, not now. S-600, Mercedes-Benz, drove, drove, drove to his compound. Good afternoon, sir. I felt, I felt blessed by the Lord, you know, just to sow this into your life. Look, the boy. This car is expensive. I know how much it is. What do you do? Where do you get this kind of money from? And the Lord blesses us, you know. The Lord, the Lord. Give him his kids, my friend. Out of here. Carry your car, Jezebel, and drive out from my compound. Somebody said, so when the man was now lying that drug boys build them, I said, don't lie on that man, for goodness sake. Don't lie. He was encouraging us, in effect. That we should do what? Eat food sacrificed to idols. Listen, Christianity still has some basic things. A man of God must not commit adultery. I mean, there's no way to explain it. I you know what happens is that when I'm doing things like this, I enter into the spiritual realm. You will die in that spiritual realm and you're not going to come back. No, If you see the way people rationalize iniquity... And David Paulson said, if the conduct is wrong, it's because the creed is wrong. And the doctrine of Jesus I'm talking about. I don't believe it's just one doctrine. In that particular situation, there must have been one thing the Lord Jesus was referring to. There must have been. But the principle remains. And I think we have to be careful and observe those things. If a doctrine is not producing righteousness in your life, it is false. That's what, that, that's what the, look, that's what the Lord was saying. Practical righteousness. Listen, the deeper you go in God, very important you understand this, the deeper you go in spiritual truth, the purer, the purer your life is outside. Listen, the depth of spiritual truth that makes you careless outside is the depth of Satan. That's what Jesus was saying. If I understand God more, I become more reliable. Peter said, "Add to your faith what virtue. now a lot of these things: brotherly kindness, love, faith." He said, "If these qualities are yours, are now what increasing? Now, this is the point. Any spiritual truth I step into should increase those qualities." I think I was telling me the other day. He said, "I stayed up at night, stumbled into a particular church program on TV. So by the time he said, if you would watch that program." But when you are done, you will hate your father, you will hate your mother. You'll be suspicious of them. Say, so tell God, show me the story of my life. Then the man starts telling stories. There was one girl. Did like this. Her father had turned butt upside down when she was young. There was one person, Jesus can say he listened to this man almost an hour. He was waiting to hear about Jesus. He didn't hear. My friend, I, I've told this story many times. Say so sister-in-law came. And the sister took her to a church to go and pray. He said, by the time they were done, the girl was suspicious of people. That should, that's truth is not real gospel truth. The truth of Jesus should make you free. Not put you in bondage. Look, we'll continue looking at this later, but this is what I understand from this scripture. And Jesus said something, listen to this. By the time you find out the truth... Is not producing righteousness, godliness, moral excellence in people. He said, Become intolerant of it. Become what? Intolerant. And listen to this. Eventually, Jesus comes to judge those wrong doctrines. I think we should preach these things. I was to the apostles and said, oh, Some men were preaching some things one day. Another man looked and they said, This thing will not come to a good end. Three men. Said so three of them died disastrously. One was painting, a, was decorating a building or something, and he fell and hit the edge of the fence. And the fence happened to have spikes on top of it. I shouldn't paint the picture more than that for you. He described how the three men met tragic ends. But the man had warned what you guys are teaching is not the word of God. Be careful. The Lord said, I will, come, I will come and do what? Make war against them. Because no matter what we are teaching as believers, it must... Look, that's what I keep on saying to people. This world... I was saying to you earlier. That's the problem I have with some of the ways we idolize success. Success is a gift. You can be a preacher, preach so well, the church does not become big. And I can prove it to you from Scripture. Jeremiah preached, 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 preached. He got tired of preaching. You know why? He said, "The more I preach, the more enemies I make." Why are you still preaching then? He said, "You don't like preaching." He said, "I tried to keep quiet." The word became like what? Fire shot up in my bones. There are no principles that guarantee that church will multiply in number. There are none. People gave me the impression. That Yongicho knows how to do it. That's how he got the church of one million people. I believed it at the time too. I've stopped believing that. So I go to Yongicho and go and learn how to build a church of a million people. I'm telling you today, please don't go there. Go to Yongicho and go and learn what? Faithfulness. If the man has shown to be faithful, preaching for 50 years without changing his doctrine, go and meet him, sir. How did you manage? Were there not temptations? Ah, you said there were temptations. Of, you know, before, when I started preaching, You know, after the first year, I was like, thank you. You have been preaching everything you know now. And, you know, I keep on wondering. Then one day, you know what gave me encouragement? I listened to Kenneth Higgin After 60 years years of ministry, I found out that what he was preaching at the end was what he was preaching at the beginning. I said, Father God, thank you. Thank you. He He will quote the same scriptures, tell the same stories. You say by faith, Mark chapter 11. Jesus said, If you shall ask anything, and you shall believe with thy heart, and not doubt, and, and he, will, he will preach that same thing. Five principles of faith. Say it. The word of God. The man, ah, you check the message he preached in 1970. Because it started in my Bible school in the early 70s. You check the one he preached just before he died in the year 2000 and something. The same thing. I said, ah, So what is it? So you know what I started doing? Start changing the title, but I'm preaching the same thing. <laughs> just change the title they say, what, What's my one? I don't have any problem. <laughs> Today we we'll talk about law of faith. Tomorrow is power of faith. <laughs> Following the principles of faith. I can give you some messages that they all made, if you check man on assignment, life of purpose. Walking in uh, what they call powering your life by grace, all of them. I'm talking about following the will of God for your life, and there's one called following the will of God for your life, there's another one called how to know the will of God for your life. The same, the, the same thing, my brother, the same thing, <laughs> and I'm not ashamed of the gospel. The same, ah, that's not that's, that's how you follow people. What am I following Ken Hagen for? I'm not following the fact that the Rima Bible Training Center is now all over the world. No, I'm not following that. Because it's my heart. I'm following the fact that, sir, you preached the same message for 60 years. And this world was not able to make you derail. Sir, how did you do it? Then we sit and listen. And they will tell you, oh boy, for the first, when my friends were building big tents, built churches... I didn't build anything, no. There was a time I told my wife, let's go out to go and eat, and I was waiting. We were going with our hosts. And after a long time, my wife didn't come out. So I went in and said, baby, why are you not out? And I saw she wasn't even getting ready. She was sitting down crying. Why are you crying? I have nothing to wear. He don't know him that he had not bought his wife a dress. The, wife, the woman had only two dresses. She don't wear and she don't tire began to console. us. say, I'm sorry. Do our beginning be small. <laughs> our latter years will greatly increase. He will tell you such stories. He will tell you stories of men of God They started together. One said that. He said there was one man that he was always looking for money. So they would be in a hotel at night. They were sharing a room. They went to do a program. You know the way we go to Portancourt? We are going to or go around. So when they went to preach, so this guy was helping him. So he said, "At night they put off the lights. You know, the guy was not sleeping." He said, "After I went here, hey Kenneth, he say what? Are you awake?" Say yeah. Say you know um. Uh, say uh, do you think he has some money? Say what? Say I have a project. Do you think he'll be willing to invest in the project? He said, "I don't know. Please, I want to sleep." He said, "Okay." After some days, are you awake? He said, you know, we, 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 we could market these things that they will get some money. He said that guy was always looking for how to change one extra dollar into what they had. So I don't need to tell you didn't last in ministry. But the man kept on preaching. Go and read The Courage to Conquer by Lester Somra. All Lester Somra did was to keep on what? Preaching. And I realized that whatever it is that you are doing, that's the primary thing. God didn't say focus on success. Many people are focused on success. They draw pictures of success on the wall. You don't need those pictures. Draw pictures of faithfulness. You know what? Because what God really wants to do, you don't know. Let me tell you, look, listen, let me tell you the key. Listen. Just find what will be faithful concerning. What will be guy in Enugu here in ministry? <laughs> this is not how we started. If I tell you how we started this ministry, you will laugh. Our idea was that we should be renting halls and doing programs periodically. You know why I was teaching like this regularly? It's economic calculation. We went to do a program in Philborn. Let me not remember what they did to us. But they thought they have told the story. We were only three present. That's counting me, the preacher. (laughs) Counting my wife, and then counting my friend. If you don't count the preacher, there were two people. Okay, if you assume that the two shall become one, so you can't count his wife. There was only one person. But if you realize that that guy was my friend, there was nobody actually. <laughs> That's how we began King Noah World Ministry. So when I ch- checked how much we spent, I told my wife, "This doesn't make sense. It's cheaper for us to hire the whore and own the key, hold the keys, and be." It was that was why we started. So I started teaching here regularly. I said, and I also tell people something: when it comes to ministry, this is what I understand. Do what you can do forever, even if God does not promote you. This is the year 2017. The story I told you was 2003. This same building. Except when we began, the platform there was no platform. I will stand here. This place was boarded up. And literally, two or three of us will sit here, but I will record the message. There are a few people that were there at the beginning of those days. You were there when we were three or four gathered. Oh, no, we are reached like six by the time you joined. But they are reached like six. Can you see what we are counting? Six includes me and my wife. Oh. But I told everybody I was willing to keep teaching. In fact, God made it easy for me when there was the web, website matter came up. Ah, teach, hang on the website. Teach, hang it on the website. I was willing. Look, that was 14 years ago. And believe me, in that 14 years, eh, apart from December that we close, almost every Saturday. I am here preaching. It just a few years ago I now began to miss Saturdays here to go elsewhere to preach. Almost every Saturday in the 14 years, apart from December, that we take holidays, I am preaching somewhere. 90% of the times here. Just about three, four years ago, I started to accept. before you invited me to go and preach, include Saturday, I don't go. Why? I have to be there go The day my auntie was buried, then. As we're entering church, I entered my car. what my hometown to here is six hours' drive. I made it before five o'clock to come and preach. I've done it for 14 years. Are you getting what I'm going to say here? Why? That's all I was doing. I wasn't trying to grow. I don't know whether you're getting my point. I wasn't trying to grow, I wasn't looking for strategies for growth. The strategy was the strategy for faithfulness. Jesus said, be occupied until I show up. Keep yourself busy. Don't try to see what will I do when it comes. You don't know what I'm bringing when I come. I believe that one of the doctrines of Jezebel that crawled into the church of Christ is what was looking for methods for success. And when we begin it, we don't know. By the time we are done, we are committing adultery, we are eating things sacrificed to idols. Yeah, look, uh, maybe I will explain it for, you know, for that next time. But I'm convinced that when Jesus began to speak about Jezebel, Jezebel didn't mount the pulpit. And said, men, time to commit adultery. Didn't say that. She didn't say that. She began to prophesy things. People's focus all right, shifted from Christ and went to something else. But then, how do we know the focus is wrong? Check the results of their lives. I've seen it in ministry. Like I keep on saying, that's, that's really my best example because that's, where, that's what I have seen, ministry. Christianity is a life of sacrifice. It's a life of self-denial. It's a life of if I perish, I perish. It's a life in which if I want something, I ask God for it and I choose faithfulness. I don't choose any other thing. I choose to be faithful. If he wants to bless me, let it be his choice. Are, are you getting my point here? And listen, it's not just for preachers. It's in every field of life. There are businesses you will be in. Please, no matter the business, you ask yourself, what am I doing here? What am I trying to achieve? Locate those things and begin to pursue those things. And forget what the world puts in front of you as achievement. Many of the things you see out there are nothing but temptations. Mark Zuckerberg became a billionaire before he became 30. That's his problem. His problem, my Jesus died before he became 34. Is that not true? John the Baptist the greatest of all men. The greatest of all men born of women, before, apart from Jesus. His head was gone at the age of 30. And don't forget, too, Mark Zuckerberg is not carrying one dollar past, past the grave. Oh, I hope you are aware of that. One dollar is not crossing the grave with him. The world oftentimes just puts something else in front of us and we'll paint those things as pictures, put them on our walls and be focusing on them. Like I said, that is f- the seed that starts germinating later. It's what, what Jesus called committing sexual immorality and eating things sacrificed to idols. It didn't begin like that. Let's go down here to pray. Let's just say, Lord, it's a simple prayer. Say, Lord, search me. What's my focus on?